Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I, uh, I want to get this out of my spirit, to be honest with you. I don't know how this is going to come out. Um, Eva and I have this, um, this thing that back to when we were <clears throat> back to when we we dated um I have a mind that constantly goes it's just like I'll be here and then I'm over here I'm over there and so um and uh she I'd be talking to her and we'd be talking about a specific topic and I do this today but uh and then all of a sudden I'll shift and start talking about something completely different and for the longest time Eva was like I mean you're just not even listening to me like because I'm like, no, 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 I am, I promise, you know, and I kind of, well, then I started to realize that what I needed to do was explain my mapping process in my head, because actually, I was taking what we were really talking about that sparked something else within me, that sparked something, and it kind of, in some weird way, form or fashion, it is right along the same line, and there's a purpose behind it, so I, probably a lot of you can identify with it, but so what I started to do with Eva, so she knew, is I would literally go, okay, this is how I got there. You said this, that sparked this, and this means this, and so in some way that gets back to this, and that's why I'm right here, and it, it solved everything, just the explanation. I feel like this morning, that's what I'm going to have to do with you. I'm going to have to process something with you because um, in some ways, these things that I have written down here, I'm reading for the first time in, <laughs> in a way because I had something in my spirit uh, last night. And, I, and I've asked for this. I mean, Ben was talking about in the song, like, you asked for this, like, don't, don't be surprised when it comes. But I've made statements like, are you close enough to hear the whisper of change course? Are you close enough to hear? Yeah, I said that. But it's to get you to this point. You know? And... Uh, And then it comes, and, it, and it's not easy. I mean, I, this stuff gets weighty to me because uh, I'm a man. I'm, I'm, I'm natural. I want, I, I want to be able to give you something that means something to you. I want to be able to, to say it right. I want things to come out the right way. And when it comes so spontaneously and it's so shifted, it's, it's sometimes hard to really release that and be confident in it. So I, that's what I do love about this, that it's a family and that we know each other, and I can explain those things to you. So this all started from a, uh, from a conversation with Joanne this past week, and we were talking about, uh, we were just talking about vision, not, not vision for this house per se, but the concept of vision. And uh, she has some really great, amazing revelation on it, and she, uh, she talked about how, um, you know, in, in, a, in a past day, that the vision was Apostle Ball's vision, and we were faithful to care, help him carry out that vision. We were called to do that, and we did it faithfully, and we were great to do it, and that's what needed to be done in that day. But it brought us to a point where now it's a vision. I'm 
trying to think of exactly how she said it, but it's, it's, it's not just the vision of the one, but the vision of the whole, the vision of the family, like that there's importance that's drawn from what is your vision for your, not necessarily where's the direction of the house, but where, what's, what's your vision in your own life? And can we all come together around that vision for your individual self? If we are a family, that we have interest not just in, not just in this church, but in the lives of those that are involved here, that we truly are family. And so that when we come together, it's not just about, uh, well, let's, let's do this. Let's, this is where we're going to go this year. This is, here's, the, here's the layout of the, the vision casting here. It's, it's literally like, let's come together and I, I want to know what you need. Like, what, what is it in your life? Can we all center around that? And I think about Myrtle, and I think about my Mimi, Helen, and, and they're, they're what you would, uh, I guess, put in the category of prayer warriors, right? Like, they're not those people that walk by, oh, I'll be praying for you. No, you probably won't. You'll probably forget about that here in 30 minutes. No, they're the ones that say, if they say, I'm praying for you, you sit there and say, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Because that's what they're going to do. And, and Yahweh says his house is a house of prayer. And there's power in that prayer. I mean, I, I believe that I am, I'm here, not, not in this place, but physically alive today because of, of them and, and others that have prayed and had interest in my life. That they, they, they approach the courts on my behalf. I believe it's supernatural and it's powerful. So from that, I started to think about, uh, I started to think about the scripture that says in, in my, where Yeshua talks about in John, in my father's house are many mansions. That word mansions actually translates into, I know I'm doing a lot of that, but I really, my, I really always want to get the meaning, the true heart of today. Because so many times we've gone through scriptures, we've gone through things and just said them. And we might be able to quote them. We might be able to argue theology with the best of them. But at the end of the day, what, what purpose does it serve? What was he trying to say to us? And what is he wanting us to come back to and see again for the first time? Apostles Revelation, or, or, a definition of Revelation, seeing something for the first time that you've been looking at all along. And so in my father's house are many mansions, which actually means, and I'd heard this before, but this is why I was going through my head, is many speaking places. I believe that we're moving into a time, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because there's, there's a, I really do want to, this to make sense as I go through it, but that we're moving into a place of authority unlike we've ever known. That there's a, there's a speaking place but in my father's house are, are many speaking places. Then my mind goes to, is brought back to South Carolina the first time I went for Carolina Revival. And I met a lady there, Evan, I met a lady there who started to talk about um, some land that she had. In a, and I've, y'all have heard me talk about this, but it's a circle loop. And she had people that would walk that loop. And, um, and she just put it out there. There's a nice little uh, body of water in between it. And and so, uh, and she, she knew of Apostle and Miss Shirley, and she knew that he named his street Joy Circle. And so she named that Joy Circle. And it just, and she's never met Apostle, never met Miss Shirley. But 
the testimony of how their spiritual father got to them and their life was changed by a man who they never really came in contact with spoke so much to them that 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 was important to them that was a that was a thing of honor and and we just started to talk to her and I started to talk to Eva about the way on the way home and this is prior to the hurricane I started to talk about like we're coming to a new land a new place where I don't believe anybody has actually ever been like I just feel like it's a clean slate like there's and I believe that we're stepping into a place I don't know how this looks but I believe we're stepping into a place where it's going to be our call like what do you what where do you what do you do in a new land what do you do when everything looks different like if there's if there's it's your call you want a street there? There goes a street there. You want to name it Joy Circle? You name it Joy Circle. And I started to see that in our own lives of us walking into a place of being able to say, this is what I call for my life. This is what I speak over my child. This is what I speak over my family. This is what I speak over my county. This is what I speak over my situation. And we literally walk into a place where we see that fulfilled. I start to see this thing. And then a hurricane hits. And everything seems to be mixed up. I guess I heard that one wrong. And so from there, I get a, it, it brings me to what I've for the past probably three weeks, Ben has been playing and <laughs> we always laugh so hard because Ben will play music on like his, his Beats audio player, Bluetooth player in the gym or out there. We just about had to, uh, had to um, save Ben's life when he started to try to play Christian rap around uh, around Jerry. He was like, man, if he comes in here with that again, I'm going to break that thing. And then he almost got in trouble with me for playing literally a one song of black praise music that was two and a half hours long. And I was just like, man, I love that. I love their, I can't handle it. Like if I went into a service like that, I'd be, I would be passed out on the floor, not because I was slaying the spirit, but just my system would shut down. And so I'm like, Ben, dude, I love you. Turn that off. Like I'm ripping off this paneling and it's like, come on, praise, 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 praise. And they said the same word 735 times. I can't handle it. So, so, but Ben finally kind of found his groove and he started to play, um, uh, from Carolina Revival. They have, there's a, there's this, they have a podcast that's just their music from moments that happen, these worship praise times. And he was playing them, and and I uh, and I and I heard something. I wasn't really paying attention to it, and I heard something. And you'll remember this, but I but I heard a, a song, and there was no no words on this song. It was just there was a sound, and I said, I think I was there that day. I was like, No, I'm pretty sure. And I started to kind of tell Ben, I was like, Yeah, I, I, the next word, I, I believe that Damon comes up and says this in this point. And he started to do it. And I was like, I was there, but I just heard the sound and I'd only heard it once. And what happened in that, in that moment was it was literally just, it was just music. It was just, uh, it was simply like, it wasn't a spoken word. There was nothing. But like I was talking about with what Andrew is doing behind me, which he is, he is right now co-laboring with me. I want you to see that. There's, there's uh, fluidity here. There's, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a, an exchange happening between he and I that is coming to exchange with you.
But so I hear this sound and I'm like, ah, I was there that day. And so it, it rejogged a memory of, of a, some, a vision I had when I was there that day. And it was, it was probably about two and a half hours of just sitting there in something like this. Um, and so I think there's significance to why this day is kind of like this. But, the, but we just sat there and I was just in it and I was just eyes closed like, and I started to see it from the first time, the first time I was in South Carolina, it, for those of you that were here, remember that I talked about a vision of it was a black and white field. It was really beautiful, and there was it was very uh, dramatic with the the ocean and the hills, and it was just and I was on this hill, and it was black and white, and I started to see a, a man walk up over the crest of the hill, and what followed him was vivid color, and everywhere he touched, everything started to become so. I mean, it was beautiful before. But it was ridiculously beautiful and vivid as he walked closer. And I started to realize this was Yeshua. And that was it. That was the end of the vision. And, and, and so, but then I, I hadn't told y'all about this part because it just didn't make sense to me at the time. And that service, when I heard that music, this was, pro, this was the time I went by myself um, because Eva and the kids were not feeling well. And I was and I was sitting there in this service that I'm talking about, this music, and it's just and there's just this this crazy flow, and um, and I see, start to see that vision again. I'm I'm like right back in that moment, and I know I've talked a lot about like I had the vision of this, I've had the vision like this is new for me. I'm not one of those people. I don't I don't have all these visions. I have words. That I, I mean, Yahweh gives me things like that, but I don't, the vision thing is new. It's awesome, but it's it's new because and it's difficult because it's so like what did that mean? Like what's that about? So I have this. So I have I'm right back in that place and um and I see him walking closer and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like okay, now what happens next? And and I and I end up getting face to face with I knew the presence of Yeshua right, but the person represented Yeshua. I can't say like, oh, I just looked right in the face of Yeshua, but I did because in, in, in so many ways, I'm looking at Jeff and I'm looking in the eyes of Yeshua because it's Christ within him. We have his Holy Spirit within us. But so, and so I'm sitting here, I'm just overcome with just emotion and I'm, it's powerful. And I see him do one of these numbers. He just like looked that way and so I so I look that way and I see the only thing that I could describe it as it's it's a temple because it looked it had that like shape of what I would think a temple would look like it just and it was very elaborate it was it was great and all of a sudden I started to feel this presence around me and I realized it was every one of you like I saw our like physical faces whether it's whether it's somebody that I know really well or somebody that we don't know each other well I, I saw the family and it wasn't behind me. It wasn't, it was, you were all around me. I was in, within, we were in this moment together. And then it was like, and then this is where it got obscure and weird. I didn't understand it, but he, but it, I could see the back of this temple, but I didn't, it's so weird, but I I could see the back of the temple, even though I was standing in this place and it was incomplete. Like there was an opening there and it was something that hadn't been done. And that was the end. That's what I, that's what I got. Weird, huh? That's the end. See you guys later. Um.
But so that, that, that's where I got to this point. And I started to remember all this this morning and, it, and it, that was my process to where I'm coming to. And I, I wanna speak about 2019. And before I said this, I said this last week, but I wanna say it again, that I do not want us to get stuck in 2018, 2019, 2020. You know, I've heard so many people use the phrase, well, you got 2019 and then 2020 is gonna be the perfect vision. And it's like, like maybe for some people that's fine, but it just, so I don't want to get stuck in these numbers, but I also believe that Yahweh can use our feeble understanding of time and space and show us things by the Spirit. And so I, so I, we operate from glory to glory. So we're just looking for, we're stepping into a new glory. However, I believe that glory is in 2019. And so I, I, want, to, I, I want to talk about this this morning. It has always been... I remember when it was 2018 when we I, I, I spoke over here his first Sunday on the, on that platform. I've said that many times, but there was significance to that day, and we talked about eight being the new beginning. There's new beginnings, and I remember Regina Smith coming up and saying, at the end of it, she just got up on the microphone. And she said, "I don't I don't know what this means, but I just keep hearing yes, and I want you to know, I, yes. Maybe if she heard that, saw it now, she'd be like, no." <laughs> No, I know she wouldn't, but she's just saying yes. And we all came together as a family and said yes to the to what Yahweh was doing. And we didn't know what that was going to look like. And, and, and But nine has always, for me, been my number. It's always been my number. Since I was a kid, I couldn't wait to be age nine. I don't know why, but I love, the, I love nine. When I was playing soccer, what was my number, Dad? Nine. I love the number nine, and I have no idea why, but it's always been my thing. Well, so coming into 2019, after we had 2018, I was like, this is going to be cool. I'm about to look up what this number means, and it's going to be glory and all that kind of stuff. Well, it actually means finality and completion. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound too good, given the circumstances. So I've never said anything about that. Leading up to 2019, I never tried to give some kind of like amazing, well, you know, 2018 was new beginnings and now 2019 is finality. It just doesn't doesn't quite roll off the tongue the same way. But then Yahweh this morning started to speak to me about the house about the building of a temple and he started to talk to me about that 2018 that before 2018 and there's been this transition and I'm not just talking about leadership or anything else but transition in the kingdom some things shifting and changing that have been super extremely difficult 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 not easy not like it's been not glorious difficult in so many ways and we've felt it and we've gone through this whole thing and I and I heard Yahweh say to me this morning that the beginning of 2019 stepping into to stepping into this new glory there is completion to that transition there is a completion to that day 
that was walked in. And I know what that time was, is it was exactly what I talked about last week of walking up to his table and having armor on. There was armor that we had to carry in a day before. There was things we had to do. And it, when you've done things one way for so long, it's hard to make a shift and to make a change. So, um, so what, what I think about is, is, is in, in a day where the vision was about what Apostle's vision was for this house, what Yahweh is downloading and, and he's faithful to carry that out and you and I, we were all faithful to help him carry that out. But in a day, there was a different, there was something that worked different. I've heard so many people say, and I've said the same thing, that man, what used to work doesn't seem to work. What used, what I used, how I used to pray for things, how I used to speak to things, what I used to do always worked for me. I had confidence in that, and I don't have that same thing today. And what I really believe, this is what I believe Yahweh's downloading in me today, Holy, through Holy Spirit, but that in that day, the, the, the key was faithfulness. I don't understand it, but I will be faithful. Give me something to do and I can do it. I will work for, I'll, I'll do whatever. What, what is it, Apostle, that, that Yahweh is speaking to you or through you? And how can I line up with that? And that faithfulness generated an authority within us by the Spirit to be able to sit there and say and call things out and to do things. But that has changed. So what is, what is it now? Because give me something to be faithful to. Is it just showing up here on Sundays? Mark doesn't call himself apostle. How, I, I don't. How does it look now? What do I do? And I believe this, that he whispered to me this, nearness. What generated authority in an old age will not work in the new age. We're a faithful people, and that's a great thing, and that's, that's powerful, but there's an authority that is generated by proximity to him that not one single man, not one single woman could ever get you to, to inherit. So, so what I believe, if you're walking through this day and age, and this time in 2019, and you're, and you're looking for, why hasn't this worked? Why can't I speak to this situation? Why? why? Because I believe that the, the absolute key is nearness to him. We've talked a lot about the scripture, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Could it be that simple in this day? Could we take all of everything else and take it and put it, put it behind us and say, you know what, Yahweh, if it's the one thing, if I come in here to this place and I, all I'm going to do is sit here and look to you and I'm going to offer myself to you, everything within me, and that's going to be the burnt offering today. If I'm going to be vulnerable and weak in your eyes, I just want to be a degree closer to you today than I was yesterday. I believe that we as a people are going to walk in an authority to name situations, to call certain things, to have a connection to this earth, to have a connection to the kingdom that we've never, hear me, never have experienced before. 
something that just faithfulness could not generate. Is this speaking to y'all? That's speaking to me. So I'm just hoping I'm speaking to you. I want to read this story. Who I, I've heard uh, uh, my spiritual papa in this day and age, Damon Thompson, he talks about this story a lot. But I find it relevant to what Yahweh's speaking to me today. And I, there's been many times I've like wanted to speak this story because he just says it and it's so powerful, but it just didn't relate. And I'm not going to just try to force feed a situation. But to me, this story... It's on the other side of what he's talking about that that I think relates. So you'll get what I mean in a second. Oh, gosh. Okay. Familiar. You know this. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. I feel like I'm pulling an apostle ball right here. I'm... I want to start, but I, I feel like there's more to it than just. Okay, I'm just going to read the one story. So this is Luke 15:11. It says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living but when he when he had spent all there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to to be in want then he then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants." And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. And now here I want to come to this part. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. There's everything in this story to me is talking about drawing near. He didn't even know about this celebration until he drew near to the place, until he drew near to the home and realized there was a celebration going on. So he he called one of his servants and asked, 
what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is now found. And what I see here in this story, first off, it's, it's so significant that, that not only did he come and say, no, let's get him a robe, he's cold, but he, he said, get him this best robe, and actually that word, the, the real translation of that is, go get him my robe. Not just the best, what I would call the best, what I would wear myself. Get him that robe. And I, I believe that I, I see myself in the in the older brother because of this, and I think we're in this in a lot of ways. It's the faithfulness. It's the it's the man I I all these years laid down my life. All these years believed in this thing, believed in this and this family, believed in, in that man, and how in the world, Yahweh, how in the world could it wind up like this? Could it look like this? This is not how this was supposed to go down. And I've, I've cried that same thing. I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest with you. I'll be still in front of you here. But I really believe that what Yahweh is doing in this time for us is trying to say, listen, you were faithful. The armor, what I did give you that, that's something you were to wear. You did have authority through that. But all I want from you right now, get close enough to hear my shift. Get close enough to feel this when I say, I don't have armor for you in this day. I have a robe and it's mine. And it in that robe possesses more authority than you could ever have in that armor. Through the vulnerability, through the stillness, through the waiting, through the closeness, through the nearness, draw near to him and then I work on your behalf. Just take a step. Just take a step, Caroline. He meets us more than halfway, right? hope it's it's this is doing for you what it's done for me it's coming to a place of saying I've done this for years and moving into a place that says I don't know and that's okay that all I want is my vision to be your vision Yahweh you know what I want 2019 to look like whatever he wants it to look like and that might be a day-to-day -day process and I'm completely okay with that it might be us meeting in this pole barn for the rest of 2019. But I can promise you that every time I come here, 
and every time that I draw near to him, my heart will be still and know that he is God. Above all else, he, he's got it. And he, he is above all else. And I, many of you remember that in the, I tell this story and I'll try to be brief on this because I've said it so many times, but I had my, my grandfather, Al Cobb, pass away many years ago. And I had a, uh, the only kind of encounter or visitation and, you know, that I've ever had with, with someone, I, you know, that, that's not in this natural world I had in that gymnasium in one of the lowest points of my life. Just really, and I couldn't explain it, had never really experienced depression like that or, or, or just not knowing where I was going. And I had those that, were respons- that I was responsible for now and they just, things weren't clicking and I had him come, but I, but I started to just sit in my car and, and I, would, I would just say, Yeshua, be here, sit next to me. And he showed up in that car and I shouldn't have asked for that because I literally could hardly drive. For weeks, I couldn't hardly make it to work because I, was, I would sob in my car because his presence would come and sit right next to me. And I took that into this gymnasium one time where they're having prayer and I'm sitting there and I just could feel what I felt was this tenderness starting to happen. That I took that step to draw near to him and he absolutely was rushing in. He was not, not there's my son, he made it back. No, he, he was sprinting to me. It says he, he ran to him. So I asked for one thing, and I got way more than I could ever ask for, and it, and it, and it hits me, and I'm in there, and I get this. All of a sudden, I, I realize that I'm, I'm in the presence of my grandfather. He was not here in the natural, and I had my hands out. I just knew to hold my hands out, and he puts his hands on mine, and this is happening by the Spirit, but I can see it as real as, as, real as we are here today, and, I, and I'm experiencing this moment with him. So much was transferred in that moment. And since then, I've said, I've made the statement that my grandfather was also the same man that shook Apostle Ball's hand when they were trying to do the whole vote, are we going to keep him? And he, and he noticed that he had paint under his fingernails and he had, he had rough hands and he was a builder. And he said, I, I, can, I, I don't know him, but I believe in him. I can deal with that. And so I always thought, well, when he was holding my hands, that's what he was saying. Is he capable? Is he? I believe that is true. But the way I saw it was different. It's two different ages. I believe what he, what I was meant to carry is the same thing that you all are meant to carry. And he was looking at a heart, not just hands, but he was looking at the tender, near heart and said, that, that'll do it. That's what the new age looks like. That's what it's about. Not what can I do with my hands. Not what can I build. What can I work. I believe that this year is a, bu- a year of building. Remember the temple? Incomplete. And Cheryl, this goes along with what you were saying today too. And I just I just picked this up today that Yahweh was speaking to me this morning. And it's Ephesians chapter 2. And it says, And you... <clears throat> And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were called dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And now, Michael Paul, I'm thinking about what I told you last week. Your mom came up to us and started to tell the story about when he was born and he was not alive, that he was blue. And Yahweh was speaking to me that day, right before, right before she told us this story. And he was, and I just kept hearing in my spirit, what once was dead will now live again. What once was dead will now live again. And she tells me this story and I just turned to Michael Paul and was like, this might sound cliche and and you've heard it, but I just have heard all week what once was dead will now live again. And to me, that story was confirmation. And so it says, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Yeshua, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Yeshua the Christ. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Yeshua for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I'm getting to where I'm going. Just stay in here. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by, by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Yeshua, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the commandments contained in ordinances so as to create himself one new man from the two thus making peace one from the two making peace and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body throughout through the cross thereby putting to death the enmity and he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to you, and to those who are near. And Cheryl, Aunt Cheryl was talking about that. The, the, those that have been far off, and those that have been near, those that haven't been here, and that those that have been faithful, that he's drawing all men to him. And here's where, here's where we're going. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore... You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Yeshua the Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. I always thought that this year was a year of building because in the natural, there's a lot of building going on. There's a building, but you have nothing to do with the process. 
You are the building. The family is the building. It is our, the only way, though, that that thing's going to be built is by us trading in this last bit of armor. I believe that this storm came to shake that thing off of us. And now we must approach him rightly with a vulnerable, be still heart to inherit the robe that we were designed for. I'm telling you, heed me in this. I'm feeling this work for me today. The key... The key to this age and the authority that we are meant to walk in as kingdom people is all is all generated by the nearness in which you're willing to get to him. How close will you be willing to get to him? Will you go day to day to day to day to say, I'm going to try to get through this myself. I'm going to try to work this one out. Or are you going to say, if, if it doesn't work out the way I think it needs to, I'm stepping right back in. The one thing. One thing hath I desired. One thing hath I desired. Let me dwell in that house because I am that house. We are that house. We're being fitted by Yeshua, put together. The foundation was laid by the prophets and by apostles and and our apostle. And now we are the family that is building this. We've talked about building this house for the past year with no context to why we even said that. But I'm telling you, we are the vision Yeshua looking at the temple, all of us together, the unfinished work. He is taking this family and making us part of that temple. We are now citizens of the kingdom, that we're probably closer in the spirit to things. I believe that I believe that there's encounters going to take place this year. I believe that as you draw near, expect that you're talking about the heavenly places drawing near. Not to make things weird, not to get all spooky and crazy, to work for you on your behalf, to be a part of you, to be part of your spirit being that we are transferring into the image of him. Like we, we have, we can't make these statements anymore and then, and then turn and, and, and whenever something gets a little bit more spiritual. We can't be fatigued in a setting like this where my man's going off on the guitar by the spirit and want to go on to the next thing. We can't, we can't sit here and want to be spoon-fed everything. Man, draw near to him. Let him, show, let him put a song in your belly that I never could. Why do I not say that I'm an apostle today? Why do I not say that I'm a pastor today? Because I really believe that in doing that, I would dishonor the man that walked before me and faithfully fulfilled the task of equipping us as the house, as the family, that we have to come together. I'm comfortable and, and accepting on a daily basis that, I'm, that I, I'm to lead and to, and to be a part of that. But as far as me being the man that you be faithful to, that is not my calling and you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be looking to me for that. Look to this family as who he fitted us together to be the house, to be the dwelling place of the spirit, man. Like if you ever thought that that praying in tongues was a, was an old age thing or that we don't, I'm telling you, pick that thing back up. Get yourself near to him by faithfully praying in the spirit, faithfully spending time with him. That's the only faithfulness you need to be worried about. I'm telling you that we have come to a place now that we're walking into a spiritual authority that we've never seen before. Can you agree with that? Can, you, can I, can I get, get an amen, like an agreement? Stand up and shout if you believe that. Get up. Get up. Receive that.
Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.